It is indeed a pleasure to have this privilege to play here for you. And we, we intend to give you a very fine program, so just settle back, relax, and enjoy the moment. moment. My check, my check, one, two. What's up? <laughs> Good morning. Um, oh, I'm real loud in my own ear. Okay. Good morning. We're kind of going to do a little something a little different. I'm going to do a little something a little different. Hold on one second, little mama. Whomever is logging on. Good morning. Good morning. Isn't it crazy about that book? Um, Nicole, it's really crazy. Like, it just showed up. Let me do um copyright. Low five. Yeah. We're gonna do a little something a little different. Um as I get ready. I wanna uh what's up? If you're watching on Facebook, hey, hey, hey. I'm about to switch it up for a second. We're gonna start off a little a little different. We're gonna play some I got ease into this. What up, Australia Fuega? What up? Can y'all hear that music? Just gonna start off a little different. It really did go on its own ver- uh, uh, venture. So today, y'all, today we're gonna talk about. I already. Uh, I didn't. Uh, let me see. Oh, I did. So today we're going to talk about um, the efforts to ban books. An age-old practice. What up? Hill, Hillary, let me tell you something. Came home. Hey, Kia. Came home. And your orchid is just getting the, 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 the slightest amount of medium sun. I watered it before I left. I'm so grateful to come into my apartment and like the sun is just like waning a little bit. I have like weird exposure, I guess. And, um, but just like, it just really made me happy. Uh, I know we're about to talk about book burning, but I just wanted to say that Hillary, I just came home. Hey Kia. Hey Brian. All right. We're doing a little different. I just got to start off a little slow. Got to ease my way back into it. So playing a little lo-fi hip hop in the back. Hold on. And I'm going to send this out. <laughs> Y'all just work with me. We got this. Good morning. Who this? Kia. Stay gifting. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. All right. Uh, this is kind of how I uh, I start. <laughs> I kind of, when I create newsletters, I'm going to just send this out while I'm on. What's up? If you if you're new to if you're new to the Twitch stream, if you're kind of like trying out, like I don't know, Mika, like welcome, welcome. We're gonna talk about Miss, Mr. McMaster. I was trying to figure out like what to talk about as I come back. Um, Mr. McMaster, 
trying to ban books in the year 2021, almost 2022. And it reminds me of that, that book that was also an HBO movie. Um, I didn't read the book, but I know the premise. Um, Fahrenheit 451, right? So it reminds me of that. And so I wanna, I wanted to kind of, I'm like, okay, this is something I could ease into this morning, right? So I'm just gonna send an email blast and let people know I'm on. So just, just indulge me for a second, okay? I got, I got to ease into this. How you doing? Who's Kate? Let me see. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Key, I got a question for you. Key, I got a question for you. Is that your real last name, or are you just like, are you that fabulous? I don't. You don't have to tell me your real last name. What's up, D? Doing a little something different this morning, kind of easing into the content. <laughs> easing into the content this morning. I'm just gonna write, put this newsletter out, y'all. Um, this is how I do it. Twitch. Thank you for just kind of coming and join. Welcome to the space. Need to ease into it today. I'm so grateful. I didn't say this. I'm so grateful. To all of y'all who wish me a happy birthday. I'm so grateful for the art. Not even just the gifts, y'all. I'm just so grateful for the art, for the expressions of love. As I said before, um, before I left for vacation or for a little travel trip, um, you know, um, I never really celebrated. Um, I never really celebrated my birthday like that. My mom used to. <laughs> Um, and, um, it felt really good to do that. I've been through a lot, just like everybody, just like everybody. I ain't special. Right. But I've been through a lot. Um, and, um, I just like where I'm at. Last year was tough. I lost a friendship that I thought was going to be something that was sustained and it didn't. Um, but uh, through, through the loss, I, I gained so much more, especially y'all here on Twitch. And if you're following on Facebook, um, I gained way more. I created a community. I'm, I'm, I'm making a community right now. And that's what I always wanted to do here in Charleston was create community, a diverse uh, community, um, of course, centering the needs of black communities and, and, and marginalized communities, but um, this feels a little different. So I want to say thank you. I had a blast, yo. I didn't do anything. I, for all my 41 Savage talk, I didn't do anything near Savage. <laughs> I chill with my family. We're going to get to it in a second. I really, y'all held me down. And I just want to know too, like, how do how do I pay y'all back? Like, I, how do I express gratitude? If y'all can drop in the chat, I'm dead serious. Like, I feel like I owe y'all so much, and I don't know how to to adequately say thank you. I honestly don't. And I don't know if that that's even important, but I really I think I'm going to justify y'all's confidence in me by really building out the new year a little differently. You feel me? Thank you for um, sitting with me real quick. 
start your morning off a little less intense. <laughs> uh, wanted to really um, focus on gratitude this morning. Keep this real. This news that is real basic. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna send it out just like this. Good morning, Debbie. It's good to see you, Michelle. I got you. I'm back. I I, I couldn't divide my attention. I got you, Michelle. I got your text. I was enjoying my birthday a little too much. I got you today for sure. All right, let me see who else is here. Thank y'all for joining me. All right, what y'all think? <laughs> the thank yous are enough? Thank you. And Hillary, I really, I want to say you kind of kicked, you kind of kicked in, um, kicked in uh, the days of meek miss. Uh, Hillary, just providing so much space for me. I want to say thank you. Um, I'm not going to do a test email. Oh, what the subject should be. Oh, I got you. All right. It's real basic I'm trying to bring some some people to the to the thing thing. All right, subject. Just keep it consistent. Me and my sister were talking about the book fair. My sister-in-law, my brother's wife, we were talking about um we were talking about this book. She's teaching it to her 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 high school students. She's a public ed teacher. She's a public school teacher. Let me not be too uh, hyperbolic, too banned books. All right, I'm gonna put a little flame emoji here. Boom, yep. How you spell outmoded? I can't spell right now. Thank you for coming. Don't leave. If you come in here for, don't leave. We on, we just doing something a little different. And thank you, Sally Hillary, saying I'm enough. Just having me. Oh, Kia, thank y'all. Oh, birthday was great, Michelle. Tim's the band books. Hold on, let's discuss the disaster of an idea from McMaster. How to? I'm good with like alliteration and rhyming. Okay. Yeah, that's it. That's all I want to do. Oh, that's all I want to do. I'm just going to send it just like this, y'all. All right. Let's go. Good morning, Facebook. How you doing? Oh, I couldn't see the chat on Facebook. If you're still there, I see Courtney. I see Shelby checked in. I see Kasim. What's up, Kasim? That's a blast from the past. Juanita, Jane, Erica, Coakley, Peppy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just sent out that newsletter. Thank y'all for sitting with me. Alright, we're gonna pause that. Let me switch back real quick. <laughs> Hello. That's how I do newsletters sometimes when I'm trying to do them quick. Good morning. How you doing? My name Mika. This is Mike with Mika. I'm happy to be back from Chicago. I'm so excited. Um, yeah, thank you for just like sitting with me with that, y'all. I just wanted to ease into the to the Monday. And um this week is very important for me because let me see. Ooh. Let me see. Sometimes I forget my button placement. I was playing around with it. So, yeah, this week I start facilitating giving projects. Ah, 
and I'm so happy. So shout out. I already said this last week. Shout out to the homies at Bread and Roses in Philadelphia. I'll be co-facilitating. I'll be um, uh, running, running, I guess, um, the number two spot with my girl, Karen. Um, Karen uh, is a dope, not just facilitator, but just human being, creative. Uh, and um, I'm so, so, so excited to be um, helping out with Giving Projects again. Y'all know, well, some of y'all know me personally, know that that was my love. I, I When I got the job with Cypress, I felt like overwhelmed. I'm like, wow, I get to really teach people how to resource themselves. I get to teach people how to be their own funders. I get to help grassroots movements. I keep to help fund them from the community, not from some big old funder on high. And I love that. I love providing a political education. I love creating the curriculum. I love creating the slide deck. And now I get to take some of that because um, I'm, I'm joining in a support capacity um, and co-facilitate capacity. But I get to bring some of that love and that enthusiasm to this cohort in Philadelphia. So this week, that starts on Wednesday and Thursday. For that cohort, y'all not invited, sorry, but I will share I will share whatever I can share with y'all, um, things I learned that are new, some faces and all of that. Um, but today I get to start that planning process and get ready for Wednesday and Thursday. So I'm super excited about that. Um, uh, yes, let me hit that again. Yup, yup. What they say, I'm not really a religious person like that, like that, even though, sorry, 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 twin bro. My twin bro's a pastor. I'm not a religious person like that, like that no more, but you know, when they said no weapon forms against me shall prosper, my musty ass old boss fired me and look at me, look at me. I'm back. I'm back. And nope, I can't let it go. <laughs> so I'm really, really happy. Uh, oh, the nails. Yes. You like the nails? They're very gaudy on purpose. Very gaudy on purpose, right? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I got you, Kia. Very gaudy on purpose. I got a, a scorpion from Etsy. There's some nail artists on Etsy, and um, I had two scorpions put on my nails. I broke this nail off, so I'm wearing a top finger ring, so you can't really tell. <laughs> I broke this one off running to O'Hare. So, uh, yeah, so you can't really tell till I get it fixed. Maybe today. I don't know if I had time. But, uh, yeah, I broke that one off. I, I didn't even have to say nothing, did I? <laughs> yeah, welcome, welcome, welcome. All right, let's get to it. Let's get to it for real, for real. All right, so I'm going to switch up. Yep. And we're going to talk about something that's like, I thought we was done with this. I thought this was over. Like, why are we still talking about book? Why are we still talking about book banning and book burning? Um, I made um, McMaster to the devil. It's not really a stretch. Um, Y'all know, like I said, this is based, like, I, I took, hey, what's up? <laughs> Thank you for the bits. Um, Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit 451 is a book that I really think that kids, kids should read, like, high school age or whatever age y'all think is appropriate, especially educators out there. Fahrenheit 451, 1984. I, I'll throw Margaret Atwood in there. I'll throw Handmaid's um, Tale in there, um, too. Uh, you know, some dystopian, um, oh, Ready Player One, Ready Player Two. Just throw that in there because y'all, like, one thing I hope y'all understand by me leveraging history often is that nothing is new under the sun. Nothing. The CRT bullshit, we, I already talked about this. The authors, the authors of um, a, school, a Wolf at the Schoolhouse Door talked about 
the CRT discussion is reminiscent of some movement uh, of a movement that Ronald Reagan was a part of. And even before that. Right. Um, think about the Daughters of the Confederacy. Think about integrating schools. Think about uh, Ruby Bridges. I think that was the anniversary of Ruby Bridges integrating um, local schools. Right. She's 67 years old. This wasn't that long ago. Right. She's younger than my parents. Um you know, so this is not nothing new, but but we have to, as we move into 2021 and as we prepare for the midterms, excuse me, as we move into 2022 and prepare for the midterms and then also in 2024, as we prepare for uh, the next presidential election, we have to see and, and monitor how the far, 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 far right and the right have adopted this whole uh, we're the party of public education. So we're going to look into this, talk about book banning, book burning, book burning. That's why, hence the flames in this graphic, book burning, literal book burning is back, right? So we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it, right? Shout out to Ruby Bridges for real. Shout out to you, Kia. You a real one. Hey, Noah Jokes. Tired of people equating non-heteronormative depictions of sexuality as pornographic. I'm telling you. Anything queer, anything queer is pornographic, right? But, but you know, the, obje the objectification of, of, of a woman's body or a female body or, or feminine, you know, however you wanna, how we want to characterize it, the, 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 that can be, you know, titties and ass and, 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 and just subjugating women and all that. That's acceptable. But anything queer, shout out to, um, I will say that SNL's opening monologue was funny. Um, when they did the Janine Janine Pirro uh, parody, and they talked about that, that shit was funny. So let's do this. Let's hop right into it. I'm not going to do a local news recap. We're going to hop into what I'm talking about, um, which is Governor McMaster showing his ass, right? Let me see if I can get the right clip. Mm -mm -mm. Let me see which clip I wanted. I had, like, the right clip. Maybe I saw it. Oh, I had it right here. Okay, here we go. Yeah, this made national news. Of course, South Carolina always topping the list or bottom of the list of all the wrong shit. So, okay, NBC, I know you I know you want me to click on ads. I know. Tap the unmute. Turn that up. Can I make it bigger? Okay. Let me turn up the the volume. We hear about them, but until you actually see some of those things as I did on Tuesday, you don't realize what we're dealing with. Obscene and pornographic. That's how Governor Henry McMaster described the book Gender Queer, a memoir, in this letter to State Superintendent of Education Molly Spearman. Gender Queer is currently the top selling LGBTQ plus graphic novel on Amazon, which describes it as a guide on gender identity. Author wild. Maya Kobe wrote in an op-ed in the Washington Post, removing or restricting queer books in libraries and schools is like cutting a lifeline for queer youth who might not yet even know what terms to ask Google to find out more about their own identities, bodies, and health. The governor now wants the Department of Education to investigate how the illustrated book ended up at Fort Mill School Libraries and if it's at any other schools, calling for the department to develop a process to review and approve books and other materials that are available Noah, to students. Good Campaign for Southern Equality, an LGBTQ plus advocacy organization, says in a statement in part, quote, this call from Governor McMaster is a transparent, coordinated political attack on LGBTQ youth from lawmakers with a long history of opposing freedom and equality for LGBTQ people. 
Okay. So that was the that was the uh the NBC clip that I saw. And um Noah, to your point, right? This is what I think we should do. And I think um some far leftist uh content creators, hey Joy, some far leftist content creators. Hey Rajon, if y'all still watching, um sorry, the chat doesn't stay up on my phone for some reason, so it disappears. So if I'm not ignoring you on Facebook, um, but thank you so much. I'm gonna I'm read your comments in a second. Um I'm sorry, I got now I got now I lost my train of thought. Um I lost my trainers out a little bit. Sorry about looking at Facebook, but let me, let me just say, um, so, so this, this practice from, from what I'm, this practice is not new. Let me just go there and I'll get back to my train of thought. Oh, no, 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 no. Got it. Got it. The, 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 uh, people who've created a lot of content, did some reporting, um, people that I follow, just whatever, leftist news sources, um, <laughs> leftist news sources have kind of been giving me this perspective. And we tend to do this. We tend to get as like, we tend to get wrapped around the axle of right wing shenanigans, right? While I do think it's important to talk about this practice, especially to help us prepare for upcoming elections, local elections, the Senate elections, midterms. We know that the the right has hijacked this conversation. They've taken um, CRT and bastardized it, bastardized it, um, and turned it into something it's not. Right. So we know that, that, and and we do need to combat that skillfully. But what we can't afford to do is get wrapped around the axle of of their, these are distraction tactics, right? And we did this with CRT. We kind of got low, we kind of got pulled into the bullshit. Um, again, we need to report on this. If, if McMaster talks about or advocates for banning books, especially books that are designed or were, were written to help um, you, to, to help LGBTQ youth, um, you know, fi- you know, find a resource and, and learn you learn more about themselves and their feelings and and their bodies. You know, that's newsworthy. But we can't afford to let this like. We can't go after it the way we did with with CRT. And I don't know if y'all remember the tweet I shared after the Youngkin win, after the elections um, on, on Election Day. Uh, you know, one of the, the tweets I shared was from a writer from The Undefeated. And it was like, it doesn't matter. You you can feel smarmy all you want. If they don't, they don't know what CRT is. They sound goofy. Um, the, the Daily Show and other like comedy slash news channels have made... Uh, have gotten millions of clicks probably off of videos trying to show you how silly, how silly the right is because they don't know what CRT is. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that they don't know what CRT is. They got the votes, right? And so we have to keep our eyes on the prize, right? And we have to keep focused. And know to your point, what why I'm saying that is because, yeah, the the more they the more they try to ban our or just like with anything anything illicit or anything deemed illicit marijuana buying buying you know the, the, uh, sex work people people gonna do it anyway so if you want to ban it once you make once you ban it pro any type of prohibition once you ban something it becomes it just more popular so keep doing it ban the shit out of it to Noah's point ban it ban it ban it sorry if y'all don't know I curse I curse in the morning um hide your kids hide your wife. But like ban ban the shit out of it. Yeah, it's just gonna make that book more popular. Um, also, this is what I said to young organizers here in Charleston was like, don't play this. Like they want you to play whack a mole. They want they want to determine the agenda. So while you over here fighting the the battle of the rhetoric about book banning, book burning, queer, da 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 da. Why you? Why we over here doing that shit? They over there crafting some really like ironclad legislation with the help of some bullshit ass moderate Democrats. They over there crafting legislation almost ironclad. Um, 
So so that's the thing. We can't afford to play that whack-a-mole. They'll pop up with the most inane. They'll pop up with the most asinine shit that's distracting. Yes, we need to report on it, but but we just need to expose it for what it is, and then we need to mount a, a different type of attack. We can't get caught up in this Twitter shit where we're just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, um, you know, you know, trying to, to like, no, that's not true, or trying to, like, uh, to, to bust myths or... or Man, please, they, they, and half of them know, half of them know they're being disingenuous. So, so like, they know that. They know that they're lying. They know that. That's the point. The point is to lie. So, so why are we trying to, trying to dispel a lie? We, we, we know it's, so, so that's, I just want to leave it there, right? So we can't, we can't do this. Let me, um, just play, let me play the trailer of Fahrenheit 451. It was made into a movie back in 2018, Starring Michael B. Jordan. It used to be a question mind, but mm, but he's still cute. He's still cute. So we're going to play this um, trailer. Y'all see me with my nails now? I'm doing all this. Y'all see this? Because I got nails. Can't wait till I soak them off. Y'all going to be like, oh, where do you go? Where her hands go? All right. Oh, before I play the clip, let me go back and just read the comments from Facebook and be a better better moderator of these spaces. Jerome said, what's up? Good morning. Um, yeah, trying to unite and educate people uh erica said we're trying to always top of the list for the wrong stuff yup as i said earlier right 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 all right so let's play this clip right here um this this trailer and if you if you have hbo max or if you have all the apps like me (laughs) if you have all the apps like me um go ahead and jump into this movie now have any of you guys ever seen one of these bad things for real Look at McMaster. Y'all see that? Look at McMaster. You seen one of these bad things? Now, have any of you guys ever seen one of these bad things for real? We burned almost every (laughs) physical book in the country. So by the time you guys grow up, there won't be one book left. Burn it. What's wrong, Montag? Your vitals have been off recently. Did firemen used to put out fires? That's a classic lie. Have you used your drops today? Mm. You gotta cop this. I gotta read this. We are not born equal. We must be made equal by the fire. And then we can be happy. I got things inside my head that don't make sense. Dreams that I can't explain. Read. Before the men come back, do you want to know what's inside these books? Insanity. They're lying to you. What aren't you telling me? You never do anything. You're just like Beatty. I'm not like Beatty. We have an important task for you. Oh, yeah, my Everybody girl. sees me. Candy Alexander. The danger is real and immediate. We need to get ahead of it. What if I tell these people what you do? Words. I love Michael Shannon. Are a terrorist. I know. Knowledge is a dangerous thing. Don't it feel like we... Don't it feel like we already there? 
I do love me some key. I do love Michael B. I, I ain't, I ain't quit him yet, but he just not at the top no more. Um, don't it feel like we already there, right? Like, especially when you think about social media, when you think about like how, and, and, and you know, I know I've been really tough on local black influencers, and I'll continue to be tough um, as long as they do like fuck shit. Not the ones that don't do fuck shit. Have a nice day. But the reason why I'm so hard on on, on influencers is that some of them, um, either unwittingly or willingly. Um, have participated in um, it's okay to create fluffy material it's okay to talk about drinks and, and and parties and like I'm not a I'm not anti-fun but it's when like the influencers come into the political space that's when I'm like oh whoop, 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 pump, pump the brakes and the reason why I'm bringing that up is because I've seen um, this like again whether it's a concerted effort whether it's just something that's just been allowed I've seen um, us become just more obsessed with image, with status, especially black people trying to keep up with the buckra. And I've seen us kind of replace, like, like one thing when I started to really go after the, um, the problematic influencer class, cause there is a distinction. Um, when I, when I, when I started to go after the one thing that they started to attack me was, so you read books. Like the fact that I got that at least several times really to me set off some alarm bells and I'm not just signaling that I'm not singling out just black creatives to be anti-black I'm saying that because yo this is not what our what our ancestors fought for our ancestors fought to become literate our ancestors fought to create newspapers while in bondage our ancestors fought to create communication channels to spread information knowledge they wanted to read when 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 the when the civil war ended and there were there were camps set up where you know black folk kind of all huddled. Like think about like um the the Prince Royal experiment. Think about Buford in that area. You know black people flocked to certain areas to learn. They would go into classrooms. Adults would enter into classrooms with youth to learn how to become literate to to enlighten themselves because they knew because literate illiteracy was mandated for the for black people. They knew. That knowledge was key and powerful. And this, when people don't, people, well, people don't understand how white supremacy works, they think white supremacy is white against black. And that's not white supremacy, right? White supremacy is a set of practices, right? A set of oppressive practices that don't just stay, they're not, it's not just about mistreatment, right? And alienation. White supremacy largely is, is, is about a dominance, right? And so, it's very white. It's, it's a white supremacist practice to, of course, to mandate that black people remain illiterate. Right. It was against the law for black people to read and write. Right. Literally against the law. You can lose your life. You can lose. You can lose a lot. You can lose your freedom for learning to read and write to, be, to for, you know, becoming literate. And what I'm seeing now is this refusal to um, to learn more um, here in Charleston. Specifically, I feel like we're not we're not seeing the white supremacist tenets of this ignorance also when i talk about white supremacy and dominance i'm talking about that in the classroom that's why we have of course the daughters of the confederacy um really um really perfected this practice of making sure that that one that one kind of history remains the dominant history that one perspective is the perspective right so i wanted to click on another yeah, we definitely got to go here. We got to go here. But I think, what's his name? Let, let's, let's, I want to keep it contemporary. Let's do this. Let's do this two minute and 48 seconds. Look at me with my nails. Because I got nails. I'm, I'm holding up twos. Let's do this two minute and 48 second video from NBC News. 
Um, I think this is relatively yeah, it's recent because it's after the Yunkin win. But think of, let's let's talk about this banning books shit. Let's let's talk about this and talk about is white supremacist tenants. Let's talk about um the daughters of Confederacy next. Oh yeah. Oh he down here. Yeah. We're gonna get to this one here too. All right, but let's let's do this one real quick. Hold on. Only- let, me, oh, let me rewind it. It turned out to be a winning strategy. So when my son showed me his reading assignment, my heart sunk. It was some of the most explicit material you can imagine. A campaign ad from Virginia's newly elected Republican governor, Glenn Youngkin. The governor-elect made education a pillar of his campaign. Now, some school board members in his state not only want to ban books, they say they want to burn them, too. I think those books, I don't want to even see them. Like, I think they should be thrown in a fire. Spotsylvania County is about halfway between Richmond and Washington, D.C. This week, its school board voted unanimously to remove sexually explicit books from their libraries. One book on their list, 33 Snowfish by Adam Rapp. The gritty novel follows a group of kids fleeing broken homes and sexual abuse. I guess we live in a world now that our public schools would rather have kids read about gay pornography than gay pornography. The main characters of 33 Snowfish include a 10-year-old boy who is sexually abused by a man who exploits him. This novel made the American Library Association's list of best books for young adults back in 2004. Meanwhile, a suburb of Wichita, Kansas, is removing 29 books from circulation. That list from the Goddard wow, School that. includes Margaret Atwood's classic, The Handmaid's Tale. They called themselves the KKK, a history of the hate group by Susan Campbell what? Bartoletti, and Fences by August Wilson. Okay, one of his series okay. Of ten plays about Hold being- up. That's my favorite play. That's my favorite August Wilson play. You been in Fences? Because what? Because he has a baby out of wedlock? What was in Fences? Fences is like, um, to me, it's in the same ballpark as um, Death of a Salesman, right? Patriarch, patriarchal figure struggling to, to really, like, to, you know, find himself and struggle through fatherhood. And, and that's crazy. Black in America. On Tuesday, the list went out to librarians and principals. Exactly, Australia Fuego. That reads in part, quote, At this time, the district is not in a position to know if the books contained on this list meet our educational goals or not, unquote. The district says it is not technically banning the books, just taking them out of circulation pending a review. (laughs) That's banning. And this week, Texas Governor Greg Abbott called for a statewide standard to remove books with pornographic and obscene content. This builds on an investigation started last month by State Representative Matt Krause of Fort Worth. Krause is running for attorney general next year. His targets include books that, quote, convey that a student by virtue of their race or sex is inherently racist, sexist or oppressive, whether consciously or unconsciously, unquote. And so if you if you if you work in like if you organize within like racial justice or however you want to call it, right, I'm just using that term. Um, for the sake of this conversation, and I got you in the chat over here in Twitch. If you organize within racial justice or so, for social justice and whatnot, um, you know, black liberation. Um, yeah, you you learn that. Yeah, people are born inherently racist. You have to unlearn and unlearn it, 
and our, I guess our unwillingness. There's a lot of people, even people who identify as left uh, as left leaning, don't like that. Um, they cringe with that because they don't want to feel complicit, even though white folk. Let me let me let y'all in on something. Y'all y'all hella complicit. Like y'all y'all hella complicit. I can be complicit, but y'all hella complicit. Like y'all just have to un- unpack that and work that work that out, right? You have to start your journey. You have to start your work. Um, but but white folk really struggle with that. Whenever they 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 realize that they're complicit or they've enjoyed the spoils of um of the transatlantic slave trade because the white people still benefiting from, still enjoying uh you know the fruits of my ancestors' labor, right? My ancestors, excuse me, my ancestors coerced forced labor, right? And so white folks don't really like to be reminded of that. Um, and so this is one way to kind of uh, rectify it was by erasing it, right? So let me go up here to, the, to a little bit further back. I appreciate y'all for chatting. Please keep chatting. Chatting really helps the stats, just so y'all know, full disclosure. I know you were something earlier said, I feel like maybe people don't know there's a lot of free audio books on YouTube. We may not have attention span for reading visually. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't know, know if you were engaging with my content back in 2020 when I started a book club. Um, you know, one thing what I started to do was post about ways for you to get access, gain access to these books in different formats. Not just audio is not just good for people with, with different uh, attention spans like myself, because I will read along and listen to the audio book at the same time because I, I really have trouble focusing um, or I'll listen to I'll listen to the audio book. I have no no shame in that at all. And I think people should should really do that. Whatever gets you through the book, just do it. Um, but like. You know, when I did, when I had the book club, I talked about the importance of the library being the most, Bell Hooks talks about this, um, you know, often. Bell, uh, the library is the most subversive institution uh, that we have. Uh, and that's why I always talk about the library. That's why I always access the Post and Courier through my library card here on this platform. Um, I always will, like, libraries are so subversive. They celebrate Banned Books Week, which we just, which I miss. I think I just missed that. Um, you know, libraries are very important uh, to access books for free. And, and, and with your library card, you can access free audio books. Um, with your library card, you, got, you can download the Libby app, the Hoopla app. I use that with my Richland County um, public, I, a public library card. Um, the Hoopla app is super dope. Um, I said Libby. Overdrive, I think, is Libby now. Um, there's a couple of apps uh, that you can use. Um, the other one, um, like Libro. Libro, I think it is. Libro FM. So there's other, there's ways for you to have get gain access to these books. Also, with the Hoopla app, Libby, and some of these other apps, you can also get the e edition of the books. So you know it might not be a physical book in your hand, but you can at least read the pages on any device, on tablet, PC, whatever, phone, whatever you want to do. Uh, these books are should be accessible. Um, so if they're banned from the schools, we just got to make sure that they remain accessible. Um, you know, in our in our libraries, they remain accessible. Um, you know, in our local at our local um, bookstores, like shout out Turning Leaf, shout out Itinerant Literate um, in Park Circle. You know, we have to continue to, to make sure these these books are, are accessible. Kia, you said something later. You said something. I'm, I'm confused as to why all the books banning and CRT nonsense is being challenged by um, is not being challenged by black and white families. Challenged by black and white families who are not support. I think it is. I think I think there's a lot of families engaged in trying to fight back. I think that's why you see um, Annie. Uh, what's her name? Dr. Annie. Um, 
running running for uh, running against Nancy Mays. I think you're seeing people, mothers, parents, um, really pushing back um, on some of the the nonsense and rhetoric. I know Annie is, Annie Andrews is a white woman, but I I feel like you know she's trying to be she's not an anti intellectual like Nancy Mays is like the GOP. Um, they're very anti-intellectual while also trying to don the mantle of, of being pro-education, which is really, and to have a black man as the face of this, like I said last week with the Condoleezza Rice, Tim Scott conversation, to have a black man from South Carolina who had an, a, supposedly an illiterate grandfather or grand, grandparent, um, it's really, really sad to see him become the face of anti-intellectualism and a whitewashed version of history. Let's go, let's go a little bit far back in time. I played this, I think, a little bit um, some time ago. Let's go back to how the, the daughters of the Confederacy, because remember, we don't want to masculinize white supremacy. And we've seen this most recently at the town halls or at the, at the city council meetings. We've seen white women really pick, take, take up the mantle, pick up where the daughters of the Confederacy left off. So let, let, uh, let me rewind this first. And again, we, we've watched this before here, but I wanted to play it here. Listen to how this textbook describes This slavery. is important. The master often had a barbecue or a picnic for his slaves. Then they had a great frolic. Even while working in the cotton fields, they sang songs. The beat of the music and the richness of their voices made work seem light. Yikes, that's from History of Georgia, a textbook published in 1954 that was taught across junior high schools in Georgia for decades. Wow. That sort of language is part of an intellectual movement called the Lost Cause, a distorted version of American Civil War history that's been- Now, while this focuses on the Civil War, you understand how this practice has has largely been adopted um in more contemporary times and throughout history since since the since the white ladies you know made this shit you know banging and effective oh they've never stopped doing this so it's important again it's talking about the lost cause but we know that white women have white women daughter of the confederacies have have um have spearheaded the the movement to sanitize and um, whitewash history and, uh, and actually rewrite history to reflect um, an ahistorical, uh, sto- I, I don't know, telling of the, of the story, retelling of the history. And prevalent in the South for a long time. It took shape soon after the defeat of the Confederate States in the war, when Southern historians like Edward Pollard and former Confederate General Jubal Early started preserving the South's perspective through their writings. They framed the Confederate cause as a heroic defense of the Southern way of life against the overwhelming forces in the North. That Thank narrative you, has a few basic tenets. The glorification of Confederate soldiers who died for a cause they believed in, the belief that slavery was a benevolent institution, and maybe most importantly, Importantly, that slavery was not the root cause of the war. The Lost Cause is one of the most notoriously effective efforts to rewrite history, and it was done by the losing side. So how did it become so <laughs> deeply rooted in Southern memory? Learn the truth. Blame the United Daughters of the Confederacy. Mm. The UDC. Mm. I just, I'm. Please read They Were Her Property. And there's a new book that's coming out that I got a cop. Is it the problem with white women? Ooh, we gotta cop this. Y'all, we gotta talk about this. We gotta talk about this. Because I think that we we don't understand um how pervasive these practices are. And I'm not vilifying white women. Y'all y'all know that. I think y'all understand at this point, um, when I talk about when I single this out, is because I feel like when we talk about white supremacy, especially here in Charleston, uh, a city that's failed to confront its past. I don't care what museum they open up in the near future. They failed to confront their past 
uh, accurately, boldly, with any type of courage, right? And I think a, a lot of that is attributed to... Um, I think a lot of that is led uh, by white women, and we don't really... We just we just focus on KKK Corey, uh, Corey Allen, um, Mr. Breaking and Entering, and now he's leading education causes we we focus on bear spray tyler bessinger we focus on dylan roof we don't focus on women who uphold and promote white supremacy and white supremacist practices especially within our school district think of think about molly spearman think about all of them right think about think about all the head honchos i don't know what the female version feminine version of honcho is but you get me think about all the head honchos that lead the education lead education in the state largely is held by white women and so we need to confront that and and kind of like talk about that more readily and i think too white women this will help white women here in charleston who seem to who who, who espouse certain values but don't really don't really practice those values um, it's, it's important for them to start doing that unpacking how problematic their ancestors their aunties and them even the ones y'all love, like RBG. Yeah. Yeah. See my scowl? Mm-hmm. I, I don't, you know. She ain't hired not one black clerk when she was on the Supreme Court. Not one. Not one black clerk. clerk. Sorry. I be ruining y'all faves. I'm sorry. She's still a trailblazer, but. Uh. He was founded in Nashville in 1894 to preserve Confederate culture go. for generations to come. The women who hey, made up Joni. the group descended from elite antebellum families, and they used their social and political clout to spread oh, the pro-Southern version of the war as real history. You've probably seen their efforts to honor the Confederacy, but maybe you didn't know it was the UDC. They're the ones who covered the Southern landscape with memorials for Confederate leaders and soldiers. Mm -hmm. They used their fundraising and lobbying skills to pressure Still. local governments into erecting monuments Still. in prominent public spaces. Spaces like courthouses and state capitals. Installed here next to the state capital by the United Daughters of the Confederacy. The United Daughters of the Confederacy donated. I'm going to pause this real quick because I think some of y'all think that this shit is like. Think this is like over with. I'm going to pause it real quick. As Susanna, you, you, you nailed it. She had one black clerk. And was terrible. I mean, yeah. Th thank you for keeping it a buck. I appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate you, Charleston. Um, I think they had a conference. Yeah. Let's see. I think they had a conference. Okay. Look at this. This is from March 13th from the Post and Courier. March 13th of this year. Let me see. Huh. The Confederate Museum continues on, minus the Confederate. Uh-huh, whatever. Let me see something. Okay. So this is something that slipped below a lot of people's radar. So as quietly as the Hunley submarine approached in its Union target approached its Union target outside of the month of Charleston, Har outside the mouth of Charleston Harbor, the United Daughters of the Confederacy Museum recently rebranded itself without the C word. Um, little else seems to have changed at what now is the museum at Market Hall. Did y'all know it changed? The name changed after being shuttered along with so much else during the pandemic is now reopening once a week saturdays and 11 who gives a fuck uh here we go 
inside visitors. I'd never gone inside this book, this house of horrors. Uh, inside visitors will find the same same vast collection of Civil War era artifacts. Charleston women have amassed since the city's chapter of Daughters of the Confederacy took root in 1894. That chapter is still active, y'all. I don't give a fuck. Just like Charleston Food and Wine or Wine and Food. Yeah, PR rebranding. Still, the name changes signals the challenge this museum faces at this point in our history, a fraught moment in our national reckoning over slavery, equity, and race. All right, da-da-da-da-da. I want to get to fuck Brian Hicks. I don't want to get that. The museum, impressive artifacts, whatever. Um, They're not in the proper context, so... Um, however, they're housed. It's not going to be in the proper context. All right, let's see. So, yeah, the Charleston chapter number four, United Daughters of the Confederacy, as a group has been known since 1898, signed the lease in 2001. Wow. After I graduated high school, the city was like, yeah, 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 sure, 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 sure. Come on. Yeah, come down. Yeah, yeah, You got some really racist artifacts you want to show? You want to show our tourists that come right down to the French court? Sure. Sign that lease. Sign at least. Okay. So it, so this, the group signed a lease in 2001, shortly after the city had finished a $3 million renovation of Market Hall. Oh, wow. The group pays $1. What? The group, look at white supremacy. I can't hold no hip hop events downtown, but these, these chicks can, 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 uh, the group pays $1 a year. Is that right? Handles its own utilities and insurance. The city covers major maintenance and repairs. But you won't fund the equity. You won't fund the equity commission. You won't, you won't fund the, the race and equity commission. But you cover the major maintenance repairs. It even changes the light bulbs annually in the grand chandelier. So the point of bringing this up, <laughs> we're talking about banning books and burning books and bullshit, is because the Daughters of the Confederacy is still alive and well. Let me read some of the comments. Susanna, you wrote, some, you wrote something on Twitch here that I think is worth, that bears repeating. Um, the part uh, of Denmark VC's garden where they talk about uh, Daughters of the Confederacy was fascinating. Yep, they were incredibly effective, extraordinarily, extraordinarily effective. All right, um, Mr. Key, you said you always had black teachers tell me, uh, tell me that the white women in South Carolina education are just as bad as the good old boys club. Kia, if you've heard that, I've heard that about, uh, and I read this, and, and they were her, they were her property. That white women see this is the thing about like white feminism; it strives to be equal to white men. It strives to actually emulate uh, the patriarchy as opposed to liberation for all. It doesn't have this liberative value, uh, set of values. White feminism doesn't, right? It's not inclusive. It's not intersectional. And so it strives to, to be as dominant as the white patriarchy. And so what I've seen with white women in power, whether it's the UDC, whether it's white women in education, Molly Spearman and those, right? Um, what we're seeing is, them, is they're advancing values, they're advancing initiatives, policies, that would have white women in, you know, equal to white men in power and be just as oppressive. And what I've read in, they were her property specifically. And to the point where I had to put the book down because it was disturbing was that one thing we have to understand is that this type of leadership is capable of the most um, horrifying uh, violence. And I'm not talking about just, um, uh, physical violence, right? Well, we're talking about the representational violence that is uh, erasing history, 
Um, that is um, uh, what, what Catherine Dennis did to me, um, dehumanizing me, uh, calling me a monkey, right? Um, using race as a tactic, you know, th that's violence, right? And, and, and so what I've learned is that white women can pick up, it, it, this type of leadership can pick up these traits that they learn by being proximate to white male power. And so they emulate that. And so I think we've got this myth about, oh, again, it's just the McMasters and the Lindsey Grahams and the, you know, and the, and the Strom Thurmonds and the, and the Frizz How. Let me stop. Okay. It, 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 we, get the, we, get the, we get this idea that, that white supremacy is only is very masculine, and it's not. It's soft and pink. It's soft and pink. It sips tea without a fine china. Mm. It enjoys watching Southern Charm in a caftan. Mm. Yes. I do declare. I do declare memorial to the city back in the 30s. They put them along roadsides and in parks. Any place that was remotely relevant to the Confederacy was memorialized. By the early 20th century, the UDC had 100,000 members and chapters spread all over the country, but mostly in former Confederate states. And there's a reason they grew so quickly during that time. So we're talking about roughly three decades after the end of the war, and the Confederate veterans themselves are beginning to die off. So there is this push to find ways to commemorate it because the Right, because they dying off. I'm like, oh, wait, wait, wait. My Uncle Jimmy, my little son, Peter, went to go fight to make sure that we can maintain slavery. Oh, my bad. Oh, no, don't do that, right? Don't die off. Let's watch a little bit of this, Trevor Noah. It's more contemporary. Um, I think this is within the year. Let me see. Let me see when this was. I try to pick some more relatively recent conversations on book burning and banning history in schools. This is from May of this year. Okay. So not too recent, but not too too old either. So this is from May of this year, right? Um, Trevor Noah talking about more accurate than most quotes on the internet, you know, and talking about um, the war over teaching America's racist history because this was essentially what this is about, right? According to the internet, Winston Churchill once said, "History will be kind to me. I know this because I intend to write." What's up? If you're watching on Facebook now, I'm not sure that he should have been so confident about how history would work because it turns out that he never actually said that. But he did say something very similar to it, which makes it more accurate than most quotes on the internet. You know, and to be honest, I guess there's just something very powerful about having a person having some italicized text <laughs> next to their face. Okay. And then, I'm gonna do that with me, my face. But the point about history being written by the winners is true. I mean, just, just look at the American Revolution. America Ooh, won that reminds me of my favorite quote. My favorite quote, we're gonna get back, we're gonna get back to it. And my favorite, Miriam Makiba. If y'all know Mama Africa, get with it. Mrs. Makiba, are people happy in Johannesburg? I know I'm hopping all over the place. That depends on which we live in the same world as a, any other person, so that uh, we, as artists, should never close our eyes to what is happening around us. Therefore, coming from South Africa, naturally, I, uh, my life was... There is really no difference in, in, in the, uh, the struggle between 
the people you have mentioned because we are all Africans. We were just put in different countries by Come on. white people who took the people from Africa and spread them out. And it is true that our problems are the same. Now, th saying that they are a minority, this really means nothing because the white man, wherever he is, whether he is in the majority or the minority, Come on. he rules. It just shows you, if, if to, it just proves to everyone that we just have to keep fighting. We just have to fight Come that on. much more because it doesn't matter whether he's majority or minority, he's always on top. Mm. Which status are you aiming to between the whites and the Africans at the end, when you have one? That will depend on them. We are not worried about them. We are just worried about ourselves. It is our country. They came from Europe Come to on. invade our country. They took it. They have made us suffer. So we don't have to worry about thinking what will we do to them or what will happen to them. It will be up to them to see fit what they can do when we have won. Just like they see fit what to do right now while they are on top. So it's something that we don't worry about. All we are worried about is to fight and liberate ourselves. What will happen after that will depend again on uh, the invaders. They could have come to our country and live side listen, by side with us. Listen. We didn't mind that. In fact, when they came, we said, come in, sit down. Yes. And they sat down and said, get out. Mm. And now it, is, it, will, it will be up to them. It is known that Africa only had black people. Listen. Europe had white people. Asia had yellow people. Now, it is absurd to say that we mm. Africans were mm. not in Africa when white people first came. And secondly, the conqueror writes history. They came, they conquered, and they wrote. Now, you don't expect people who came to invade us to write the truth about us. They will always write negative things about us. And that's what I wanted to show y'all. I just, Miriam Makiba, get into her music. That's Mama Africa. Get into it. Um, get into her, her work her advocacy, and, and crazy how that struggle that she articulated, right? She's talking about co uh, colonization uh, in Africa, in the continent of Africa, right? And you can, you can go ahead and have that same conversation about indigenous folks here, indigenous sovereignty, and why, that, why we're still fighting for indigenous sovereignty here uh, in this country. You know, we're on stolen land right now. So, and think about the traffic, uh, the, the kidnapped and trafficked Africans that were brought here to make white, to create white wealth with black labor, with exploited black labor. The conversation... So history... The conversation has been going on forever, but I wanted to play that Miriam Makiba sound so you understand how revolutionary some of these um, artists were. She was, she's an art, a music artist, if you didn't know. And, and thank y'all for commenting on her, like Michelle, and yeah, beautiful delivery, right? I wish. I wish I had that grace. I'm up here just dropping F-bombs and cayenne emojis and all that. 
Let's go. Let's go. Teaches it okay. as a fight for freedom against the tyranny of England. But best believe, if England had won the war, well, history would be about how they put down a riot by a bunch of cheating thugs. <laughs> These domestic terrorists threw our tea into Boston Harbor mm. while dressed as Native Americans, which, aside from being criminal, is very problematic. <laughs> and if history is taught by the winners, mm. nobody in America is winning more than white people, which is why so much of what's in schools has been from their point of view. Come on. African-American history is not taught adequately. What we learn essentially is a whitewashed history. Studies have found less than 10% of class time is devoted to black history. Only 8% of seniors can identify slavery as a central cause of the Civil War. There is no national standard for what history is taught. Each state sets standards which outlines what students are expected to learn. Seven states do not directly mention slavery, <laughs> and eight do not mention the civil rights movement. Only two states mentioned white supremacy. The kids learned that slavery was bad, but we ended it. Some stuff happened, but Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks kind of fixed that. <laughs> and now look, Barack Obama, we had a black president. Yeah. Racism is over. We're done. We're yeah. Done. It's pretty crazy that most students in America are only taught about a handful of important black Americans. Because can you imagine if it were the other way around? Welcome everybody to White History 101. We start off with <laughs> Thomas Jefferson, where it all began. And then, well, nothing really happened until Tom Hanks. <laughs> Class dismissed. But yeah, basically, America treats history the way most people treat their browser history. Just delete all the embarrassing stuff and hope no one notices. Mm. But the good news is that as society changes, they re-examine their pasts and ask themselves, should we keep telling ourselves what we wish happened or should we understand what actually happened? So I would love to add, like, oh, Evelyn, you just dropped something in the chat. You dropped something earlier in the chat. I'm gonna read this, Evelyn. When I was talking about uh, white white women in power, white feminism, and how it, it works to to really just emulate uh, white men in power, white dominant patriarchal bullshit. Uh, you said that. I think that's what you responded to. That's it. The model in the West for success and power is based off white male power and success. And people cannot or will not envision another way. Absolutely that. I don't. I, again, I don't know if you were directly talking about uh, responding to what I said. Then you went down and says, oh, yeah, your Virginia textbooks definitely talked about states' rights. And just for y'all, like, Evelyn is from, is from Virginia. So, um, right, growing up, that's what your textbooks reflected, right? Um, absolutely. And in a lot of our textbooks, I, again, one of the, the singularly most politicizing um, uh, event in my life was coming down here and receiving a public education in Charleston. Now, look, Tim Falls wasn't like no bastion of like outside the classrooms and well, no, teachers in classrooms. My teachers really supplemented a lot of the shit that wasn't in the textbook. So I had hella black teachers, black men, teachers, black women and like black black history month was lit. Right. Um, not to say, again, I didn't grow up in some sort of utopian society, but I grew up in a pretty well-rounded area, Tenton Falls, New Jersey. Um, try to find it on the map. Um, and, um, you know, I found that my black teachers really worked hard to supplement what was not in textbooks. I don't really have a deep, like we did a lot of indigenous stuff too, because, you know, New Jersey, whatever. 
everywhere, <laughs> everywhere um, has an indigenous uh, history. But um, yeah, we, we, we talked a lot about that, but we didn't talk about like how uh, indigenous populations were threatened by or overrun by or decimated by white power. We didn't learn that at all, at all. So I don't want to romanticize my education, but I remember coming to Charleston and explicitly being told that slavery was good by Mr. Barnwell at St. Andrews High School, at St. Andrews High School, said, oh, long as slaves didn't run away, they were happy. So to have a teacher say that out their mouths in the 1990s is appalling, appalling. And to hear uh, uh, Evelyn recount similar types of, of shenanigans in the classroom, and she's younger than me, y'all, <laughs> much younger. Uh, th that's even more jarring to hear. Um, but let's, let's just talk about uh, these banned books. Like, we know Texas is doing it. I wanted to play a little bit of, I want to play a little bit of this one right here. Authoritarianism. Oh. And, and two weeks and, ago, so I think there's there's two words that get bandied about a little bit that that we don't like. I don't know. If people break it down a lot within leftist uh, organizing circles. Jargon is like that's the thing. Like that's how my boss kind of conned her way through the funding sphere in the South and in um, wherever she's. Um, scamming money from she's really good at jargon and I and I saw that not just my my boss my ex-boss but a lot of other people on the left love jargon and um, so sometimes words like fascism or authoritarian authoritarianism get bandied about hopefully this will give you some more understanding about what that is because we're seeing a lot of like Trump embodied a lot of fascist values he emulated a lot of fascist leaders um, he was a, he was a, a demagogue. So you can do your Googles on that, but let's talk about like, we have to start calling this what it is when we see it, we have to call fascists. And I know sometimes these words are being used so loosely that they lose their meaning, which is one of my other critiques of the left calling everybody a war criminal who enlisted. I don't know how effective that is when we have real, real war criminals, you know, that we can literally talk about in, in, in contemporary times, but calling an enlisted you know, blogger on YouTube, a war criminal. I don't, I don't know if that works. Like, you know what I mean? Same thing with authoritarianism and fascism. So I just want to say that we need to start introducing some of these, these classic terms into the lexicon. We need to introduce them into these conversations when we're talking about Big Master and his, his efforts to ban uh, a book for um, LGBTQ youth uh, or whatever, or a literal book burning, as we just saw Spotsylvania. Spotsylvania, what was it, Spotsylvania, Pennsylvania? whatever the fuck, um, Pennsylvania, <laughs> we saw that they're literally advocating to, be, to burn books, right? So let's, this is from, oh, this is recent. This is the day after my birthday, November 11th. Let's go. Two weeks ago on this show, I reported that we had reached oh, the wow. book-banning stage of right-wing American authoritarianism. One of my producers had suggested that we... Oh, Kia, Kia, you asked a good question. Did I challenge? No. Caroline, the fly girl behind me, challenged. She said, she, I remember her speaking up. It was Caroline, black girl, fly hair, I can't remember her last name. I think it was, yeah, Caroline, I think it was her name. And there was two other black guys over there. I can't remember their names either. But she was right behind me, so I remember, she was like, don't sugarcoat it. And then we all kind of chimed in and were like, yeah. Like, you know, echoed what she said, but she did it. She, I didn't know. I was, huh. Mika in high school was scary as hell. All I cared about was cutting class and seeing my little stupid boyfriend. Like, I, that, please, 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 
please. I, what voice? <laughs> meek. I was literally meek. My name and how I acted. But Car- shout out to Caroline behind me because she spoke up. And she's like, all right, now, come on, don't sugarcoat it. And, you know, he started, everybody kind of like, all the black kids started laughing and like, yeah, don't, like, come on. But no, not me. I wish I had the courage. Mm-mm. We make a rhetorical point back then about hey, burning the stuff of fashionism and Fahrenheit 451. <laughs> but I laughed. Let's not be hyperbolic, I said. Nobody's talking about throwing books on a fire. No. Well, tonight, it is my duty to inform you that we have reached the book-burning stage of right-wing American authoritarianism as well. We saw, so we books, saw this. I don't want to even see them. Like, oh, this I was think they Frederick should be Bird. thrown in a uh, fire. People just cooperate with me. Uh, I'm sure I've got other colleagues here. I'm sure oh, we've got hundreds of people out there that would like to County see Public those schools. books before we burn them. But uh, 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 just so we can identify within our community that we are eradicating uh, this bad stuff. You just heard two members of the school board of Spotsylvania County in Virginia. Ridiculous. At their meeting on Monday, clamoring to use library books as kindling. <laughs> in that meeting, the school board voted six to nothing to audit every book in every school library collection for, quote, sexually explicit content. So, that so they, I've heard they, they, we saw the Margaret, we saw the Margaret Atwood book, Hammy Tale. They want that gone. They want here in South Carolina, McMaster wants... The um, I, the name the name escapes me, but the the queer, the queer was it queer gender the LGBTQ youth book they want that banned they want beloved Toni Morrison's beloved banned right exactly Ali the school board they want fences banned I or literally for the life of me I can in fences the father figure has a baby outside of wedlock but I'm trying to remember anything else that was sexually explicit in fences. And it's, a, it's my favorite August Wilson play, my favorite August Wilson play. I've seen it in, in live production. I didn't see it on, on Broadway, which I really regret. Um, but it, it was it was amazing. And I, I just, for the life of me, I don't understand why you would ban fences. Like, I really don't, I don't even, I would love to know the argument, I guess, for banning fences. <laughs> like, but they're going after Beloved. Beloved is just... I know Beloved has some scenes in there where there's explicit violence visited upon black women, um, specifically rape, all right? And the taking of breath. It's very, 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 very visceral. Like, Beloved is tough. Beloved is tough. Um, But it's real. Like, black women didn't have bodily autonomy. Black women's breast milk didn't belong to them or their children. Black women's bodies were treated as whatever. They were there for the express use of, 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 of pleasure for white men or breeding, right? Or labor. Um, you know, black women have never enjoyed bodily autonomy. We still don't have bodily autonomy. Um, that's why, the, like, I, I, whatever. So, like, that's in Beloved. I know that. I know why they hate Beloved. Um, that on top of the other things with dealing with um, um, the enslavement of, of black people and fleeing uh, black fugitivity, fleeing bondage, all of that is a part of it too. The supernaturals and beloved as well. Um, but that's crazy to me. Like think about like it's bananas. They may be banned. All of this was spurred by two parents. This going backfire. Whose on high me. schooler was given a digital library app. That app gave them access to a lot of books including one that the student's mother described as LGBTQIA fiction. <laughs> to have something like this that could really traumatize a kid if they just... 
check Look out a her book because it looks cool, and then they open it up and start reading it. Look at her. And to some of the things that they'll they'll come across is just shocking. Mm. Yes, that's what's shocking, and not the school board members seeking to burn that book, that digital online book. Yep. Why? One board member explained it like this. I guess we live in a world now that our public schools would rather have kids read about gay pornography than Christ. Right. <laughs> Let's talk about the world we live in. On Monday, the same day those Virginia school board members were rhetorically reaching for the gasoline and matches, the human rights group Pan America released a new report Shout citing out. 54 bills introduced nationwide this year to limit what teachers can teach and students can read. 54 bills targeting discussions of race, racism, gender, and of course, American history. I'm find it. Pan America says those bills, 11 of which have already become law, are educational wow. gag orders. And even that doesn't capture the insane zeal that the American right now seems to have for banning books and viewpoints that don't reinforce their own biases. In Tennessee, one school board member wants to ban a National Book Award-winning novel about a kid who escapes foster care and a bestseller about a black student in an elite, mostly white prep school. In Kansas, a school board has banned 29 books by writers such as Margaret Atwood, Toni Morrison, Alison Bechdel, That's and crazy. Sherman Alexie. All books that explore race, gender, and sexual identity. And this. in Texas, the first black principal of a mostly white high school was just forced to resign this week after he was accused of pushing critical race theory. He didn't. But the Lone Star State's ban on CRT goes further this? than most. It restricts how teachers can discuss current events, bars them from teaching that slavery was anything other than a deviation from American principles, and concepts that cause discomfort, guilt, anguish, or any other form of psychological distress on account of the individual's wild. race or sex. How stupid does this get? This gets really Just wild. Just listen to this right? discussion between Erica? a Texas school official and some confused teachers. Hold on, let me read what Erica said on Facebook. Hey, Rainey, if you're still watching, uh, Erica on Facebook, you says, I have always said, let me see, I'm going to read the whole thing. I have always said, if they teach history, simply teach the truths and let us uh, let us form our own opinions. That's, that's it. Like, they all about states, right? They all about, I want to teach my kids and I want to, I want to, like, let us form, like, t teach us the whole truth. What you scared of? Right. Simply teach the truth and let uh, let us form our own opinions. The fact that they lie and try to hide it is what makes me more angry. Right. And rebellious. Exactly. Like like with anything. Like I said this earlier, any type of prohibition always backfires. You just create a black market uh, where this stuff can exist. You create you create the opposite effect. So go ahead and ban them to Noah's point. You're going to make the books more popular. You're going to make them bestsellers. You're going to you, you're going to you know these these authors whether dead or alive their estates are going to going to enjoy quite the boon. Um, uh, so do do what you do as long as we, we continue to fight to make sure our public libraries do not fall. And I got to do my research on that. Our public libraries. Um, are, especially here in, in Charleston, we got to make sure, okay? All right, we got to make sure our public library system doesn't buckle to this these pressures. And they are this, these are largely distractions. These are these are largely distractions. They're real. They they can cause real real harm. But but that's what we have to do. Like like when I hopped out real quick 
Oh shit, I'm about to pop another nail. When I hopped out real quick to look at the 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 you know the Pen America uh, page, and I suggest y'all go do that. Google Pen America educational gag orders. Google that and, and pop up this page. You know what we do need to keep an eye on is the legislation. Like probably would argue. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm a little rusty on my organizational like my organizational like acumen. I would argue let's not get wrapped around the axle. Let's not have let's not air this out on 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 Twitter as much. Let's let's elevate this conversation and target the legislation that they're crafting. Because while we're over here trying to win the war, the rhetorical war, they're actually pinning bills that are getting getting through and being successful in certain regions. Um, so we're seeing here, Pen America has the stats has um, as of October. First, 2021, the educational gag orders, and I love that language because that's exactly what it is, status of educational gag orders. It says that um, in public schools, 48 bills have been introduced, nine have passed, 17 have failed, and 22 are pending or pre-filed, right? That's why we got to watch some of our lawmakers here in South Carolina. Shout out to B-Man for putting me on to Ty Rutherford shit. I I, I, I have to research what he's, what that, that whole uh, age, uh, what Todd is just doing some cute shit to get like, to be remain favorable um uh whatever i mean do your thing i'm not like whatever but we gotta watch representative gilliard you know he's very very strong on like um he's strong on metal detectors in schools he's strong on he craft he crafted legislation that will fine students for sagging their pants very kind of pro cop pro 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 cops in in schools right kind of leads me to believe that who like who's backing you right so we got to look at that too because that also falls into this category it doesn't fall into this category of crafting legislation that will gag you know that's a gag order but it creates that environment where you start creating where your schools start to just resemble fucking prisons which largely in South Carolina that's what the schools are for black and brown kids schools are are, are are like a prison experience for me it was like prison that's why I was breaking out every day and cutting school um, it really, it really is. A, it can be oppressive if you don't have the right support to get you through it. Um, and so that, that the school to prison pipeline is real. And, and this coincide, like it's a perfect storm of ignorance and anti-intellectualism. Um, that's going to just create our, turn our students into automatons or, or criminals. Like it, it really, it really doesn't create, there's no space for imagination for self-discovery, um, theories, um, you know, debate, Socratic discussions. Like we don't facilitate that in our public schools anymore. Not nearly enough, right? Shout out to all the educators who do prioritize that. But we got to watch these bills, especially here in South Carolina. We got to watch this legislation that create the conditions to make this more more acceptable. We got to watch Tim Scott. Um, use take take his his grandfather's illiteracy. Um, the story. Take that, bastardize it. And then regurgitate it and say, no, I'm pro-education. No, you're pro, you're pro-privatization. You're pro whatever your funders tell you to do, you're going to do it. Um, and that's, that's how Tim Scott has ascended to the heights that he's at. It's been, it, and it's proven to be very effective and it's proven to be very, um, like it, it worked. Like the party bosses told Tim to co-sign all it, put your black face on this anti-black policy and we're going to make sure we take care of you. And they've taken care of him. So he's he's sold out and he sacrificed. He sacrificed. Um, he's forfeited any type of credibility in black communities. I don't care. Like being black is not enough. Right. Tribalism is not enough. But we've seen this man take his take his grandfather's illiteracy and, and use it and weaponize it against public schools. 
And that's that's a travesty. And he and I can't wait to tell him to his face how much he's really let down his ancestors and mine by being a black face on anti-black policy and legislation. And I hope that I hope that the campaign dollars and the power and being proximate to white power, I hope that all helps him sleep at night because we know Tim is not himself. We know Tim is all about wearing masks, all kinds of masks. Shout out to Erica Coakley, all kinds of masks. And he's committed to it. He's committed to it. I hope he's comforted and I hope those Bible scriptures keep him comforted at night. I'm sorry. I went off on a little tangent. Yeah. Yeah. Very conservative on sexual issues. Very conservative. Um, yep. Um, Evelyn, he is, he is, let's pop out of this. And let me see if there was something else I queued up that I thought was really, um, important for this conversation. Um, yeah, I think this is, I wanted to pick up on like relatively recent news clips that talk about this push, I love this because kids are talking in this one. It's CNN, so, but <laughs> let me stop. Let's, let's go for this. So, because they banning books like, I think this is the one where the young lady was so freaking articulate, it kind of blew my socks off. So this is Battle in York, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, uh, Pennsylvania over school districts ban on books and resources that deal with race, racism, and history. All right, let me go back real quick, Laura. And this was September 16th, so not even a month ago. Not quite, not quite a month ago. Do you ago. think the adults that banned these books have read these books? Absolutely not. Oh, nope. definitely not. Absolutely not. Because I don't think a moral compass could let you ban books that say okay. equality and loving each other. These teenagers in York, Pennsylvania, are standing up to the latest example of controversy surrounding history and race that is affecting a growing number of America's public schools. The school board cannot just silence our voices. Last fall, the all-white school board of the Central York School District unanimously banned a list of educational resources. Wow. And that resource list, which has a lot of bad ideas and some books that I would definitely not want in our district. And I do not feel it's balanced, and I think it's divisive. That list includes... Okay, wait, Erica Coakley. Erica said school board meeting today, y'all. I wish they... Are they on YouTube? Joy, Erica, are they on YouTube? <laughs> If they were, of course, I don't even know. I honestly don't know if, if school board meetings are, on, are available virtually. Because we need to start watching that shit, too. Joy, real quick, before I let this clip play, Joy, you said, oh, you, oh, they are. Oh, both of y'all said at the same time, jinx. <laughs> Thank you, Erica. Thank you, Joy. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Pardon my ignorance, right? Um, Joy, you said earlier in the chat here on Twitch, if these folks poke their head in, a school or ask students, parents, um, ask students and parents, they would know how kids are pushed down the pipeline. I really wish they would. And some of them were parents. Like I know, I think I went to high school with, with Gilliard's um, daughter, April. Um, yeah, I did. Yeah. At St. Andrews. And like, you know, so they, their parents, they like, but like how I, it really does lead me to question, like, how are you engaged with your child's education process? But really, when you when you come like when you when you kind of get to that point, y'all, where you you don't understand why a lawmaker is doing what they're doing. Like some of this shit ain't even about morality. Some of this shit is just about the Skrilla. It's just about money. It's just about money. It, it really it's about their it's about their who's who's backing their campaign. It's about the interests that they're in bed with. Honestly, that's all you need to look at is look at who's made the donations. Like with the like with Mayor Tecklenburg, right? 
West Edge has made donations to his campaign. So we know, and we know the city owns the four acres that we're they're fighting to have. Um, we're fighting to have them um, not uh, fill in uh, the remaining four acres of Gadsden Creek. You know, when you look at the money, then you look, oh, who's donating to to Mayor Tecklenburg's campaign? Oh, West Edge is. Okay. Okay. Oh, um, who's the lawyer for West Edge? Then you look at, like, some of the ties. Oh, Councilman Shahid's wife is a lawyer for West Edge. So, you know, just look at the, the strings attached. Look at the connections, the political alliances. It's not about it's not about attacking them personally. It's about interrogating power and the way power and money flows in Charleston. So you can be a great guy. I'm sure Mayor Riley wears a mean seer sucker suit. I also know that he's displaced... Uh, thousands of black families from the peninsula over 40 years. That is his legacy. Not no fucking museum and not no fucking healing after Mother Emanuel either, right? His legacy is displacement of black bodies, black businesses, the shuttering of black schools. That's his legacy. He's a developer before anything else. So that's important to understand. We know that because we looked at the money. We looked at, we looked at the money. We looked at uh, Mayor Riley how he started the Horizon Foundation, which is now West Edge. They renamed themselves, like the Daughters of the Confederacy. They renamed themselves, right? So just look at the way, look at the, way the money flows. A children's book about Rosa Parks, Lala Yousafzai's autobiography, CNN's Sesame hey. Street Town Hall on racism. This Justin? Racism? What's that? And much, much more. This is hidden figures. I don't, uh, the movie was, you know, uh, uh, like from the movie. Yeah. yeah. This is the, the kids' movie. version of the book from the movie. Yeah. 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 It's frustrating for the students. This is a board that, after hearing their students' concerns about diversity in the Come district, on. hearing my struggles with race, being an Indian American, and, and co- consistently feeling like I didn't belong. Come on. After all those conversations for weeks on end, they still pursued this book, book ban. I want to learn genuine history i don't want to learn a whitewashed version i want to hear all of it come on i don't want to i don't want everyone to be worried about how we feel because no one was worried about how bipoc um members of the community oh. felt the ban librarians to pull books from shelves and is creating real fear among educators i have to now with this resource ban think twice about whether or not I should or could use a James Baldwin quote as an opening for my class. There are teachers looking over their shoulders, wondering if someone's going to be at their door, yep. darkening their door, yep. that you said something or you mentioned something or you used something that you were not supposed to. Now, this to. is scary. The fact that all the banned materials are by or about people of color is just a coincidence, according to the school board president. <laughs> Concerns were based on the content of the resources, not the author or topic, she said in a statement. She and the rest of the school board refused to speak on camera. She says it's not a ban. The materials are frozen while the board vets them. But the process is still ongoing after nearly a year. That suits some parents in this 82% white district just fine. I don't want my daughter growing up feeling guilty because she's white. That sentiment (laughs) is spreading. At least 27 states have passed or are considering policies strictly defining which... Look at South Carolina. Whoop. What? Look at that. We're orange. Bill signed into law, South Carolina. Uh, Bill's pre-file. So if we again go to that Pen America website, go to Pen, Google Pen, Pen P 
P-E-N America um, and get, uh, what is the educational gag order? Google that and look at, like I'm going to, and, and at the bottom here, they, they uh, cited edweek, edweek.org. So I'm going to head there. Edweek, I'll probably head here after we watch this. Students are allowed to learn about race. One expert says the York ban is something new. Yeah, this seems pretty egregious. I mean, I can see how certain um, trainings or <laughs> workshops that some parents take shout out new to school seem really outside of what a history class can be expected to do. But the kind of texts that are being banned here make me feel thank like you, Joy. Now, just sort of an allergy to anything that mentions race or racism. This is about more than a book or a movie or even a curriculum. Some veteran teachers say in York. They worry it's a war on their profession. I am not an enemy of the state. <laughs> That's right. I am here to take care of your babies when they walk into That's my right. classroom. And there are some I'm looking up at, but they're still babies. Yeah, I'm gonna stop it right there. Um, that she is not an enemy of the state. Couldn't couldn't have, couldn't agree more. Right. Um, this is crazy to me. So let's take it back to again. We're talking about McMaster. And we can go to edweek.org. I ain't going to forget. <laughs> so let's see if we can find McMaster. Dan, book. That's how we started. Well, we started off very mellow. Um, let me see if, if there's any. Nope, let's see here go. Let's look. Let's refine our search. This week. Not that one. Yeah, here we go. Tonight, we've learned a graphic novel has been pulled from two Berkeley County School District libraries. That book is called Gender Queer, a memoir. Governor McMaster has called for an investigation into the book, calling it... Shout out, Tessa. I don't know if y'all can see. I'm looking at a 20-inch monitor that's kind of close right here. Makeup is just gorgeous. Come on, eyebrows. Come on, cut. Come through. Eye makeup. She looks marvelous. Shout out, Tessa. Obscene. A Floriana boardman talked to both a BCSD parent and an LGBTQ activist who have opposing views on this book being on school shelves. The book Gender Queer, a memoir, is listed on the Charleston County Public Library website as an adult graphic novel. It's what's in the book that has many parents upset, including Berkeley County School mom Sarah Nelson. I mean, the description in the book is just, I mean, it, the literal description. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do it. <laughs> <laughs> why they all look the same though? why they all got like wacky wacky mascara application evelyn why they all look the same i'm just asking a friend to, to why they all look the same i'm about to chip my tooth with this metal straw why they all look the same why the eyebrows always give me like uh, like look like uh marlena dietrich from 1920s like why <laughs> That's an insult to Marlene Dietrich. I really fuck with her. Looking like the Lula Bankhead with them eyebrows in the 20s. Why they all look the same? Y'all should see, again, 20-inch monitor. How many coats? They all just scared the shit out of me, y'all. Scared the shit out of me. description is about erotic gay activity erotic gay so i mean why do why would children need some erotic material in their educational learning she says public schools are not the place for these books 
I don't feel like children are going to school to fulfill their sexual fantasies or to explore themselves. They're going to school to learn and to be educated. And if they want to explore themselves, that's outside of school, then that's between them and their parents. I spoke to the LGBTQ plus organization, (laughs) We Are Family, which says these books are important for our youth. I think that books can be a good... Look at this. um, Shout out to the young. This is South Carolina youth. Look what she got in the background. Elect more women. Liberation and abolition. Come on. Let me rewind it because I'm up here laughing. You right, Evelyn. I should never insult Tallulah like that. How dare I? For our youth. I think that books can be a good... um, a good way to not feel alone, especially if you're in a more remote area. Like we have a lot of rural areas and rural schools in South Carolina. And so for a lot of those kids, if, if they don't feel like they have anyone in their school that's like them, books can be a way to say, oh, like I'm not alone. I'm not um, shameful. BCSD provided a short statement saying the book would be reviewed. We asked which schools had the book and who would be doing the review. So far, those questions have gone unanswered. Nobody has the book. We also attempted to reach every single school board member. Members we reached told us they were not providing any more information at this time. Oh, wow. Meanwhile, residents in Huji and Ondaw have taken to social media over the past few days. They say their rural back roads are no longer safe. Okay, what the hell? Our floor- what the hell? <laughs> How are they just going to transition like that? Okay, I'm sure your back roads aren't safe. Did y'all hear that last part, though? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Schools had the book and who would be doing the review. So far, those questions have gone unanswered. We also attempted to reach every single school board member. <phone rings> Members we reached told us they were not providing any more information at this time. <laughs> Meanwhile, resi- that's crazy. Like, defend your shit. Defend your shit. If you if you feel that if you feel that strong about it, defend your shit. Pick up when the, when a news reporter calls and get you on the record to how to get you on the record. Defend your shit, Evelyn. You said something earlier. You says, "Are they going to ban Canterbury Tales?" Come on, come on. That gave me some that 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 triggered me. That took me back. Canterbury Tales took me back. I remember my English teachers dropping us hints on which stories had dirty stuff. For real, they gonna ban. Don't give them no don't give them no suggestions. Um. <laughs> Evelyn, because then they're gonna go. You know what? They ain't gonna bear. They're not gonna ban Canterbury Tales. They're gonna end up banning like uh, the color purple and shit, right? Right? <laughs> oh my god! Oh my goodness! Yeah. I mean, you know what they should be reading? This feels like this. It feels like what was that old movie or the book? The book? The book? Oh, The Crucible, which was turned into a movie. Cause I, had, I remember I had to read the Prince, the Crucible, and then we had to watch the um, Winona Ryder. Um, it feels like the Crucible. It feels like it feels like um, Manchurian Candidate. It feels like the red, like the the red, the red. What do you call that? When the, the witch hunt, the 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 McCarthy um, trials. Who's in? Who's a communist? It feels like they're all over again, and especially for teachers, like the fact that like they have to look over their shoulders to to um, the fact they have to look over their shoulders and worry about, you know, that Karen with the spider lashes diamond them out. Right. Let me see. I want to go to that edweek.org. 
to look at the pending uh, pending or past legislation that actually bans books. Let's see if they got. Let me see. Let me see. Books book ban. Let's see. I should have just put South Carolina in. All right, district that banned diverse books. That was what we just watched. Um, calls to book ban. Okay, let's let's do South Carolina. Let's do that. It might be easier to just search the website for South Carolina. All right, pick that out. But yo, hit up Pen America, hit up edweek.org uh, to look at like to keep track of this legislation, these educational ground um, gag orders. Quality Counts 2021 Educational Opportunities and Performance in South Carolina. This was January. So just anything. Ooh. Let's see if there's anything. I'll find it later. Oh, this is old. These are all old. Just go back. But I'll, I'll find it. But I'm, I'm definitely going to check out, um, see where, whether they can find, whether they have the, the article on the book banning and legislation. So, of, co- of course, they do. Let me see. Shout out to Joy. Joy, you dropped in the chat earlier that uh, the school board meetings, and Erica also said the school board meetings today at 4 p.m. Executive session is early, so there will be nothing going on for a bit. And you dropped the YouTube link. If I got time, I might pop on. I might not. I'm not sure. But it, at, the, at the very least, I'll try to watch. I didn't know. Oh, my God. I feel so. I'm subscribed. Look, I did subscribe. I don't ever get no, um, let me put the alarm on. Um, cause I never, I never noticed that. I never really get alerts when this, when these happen. So I was subscribed, give myself some credit. Um, it got a CCSD minute. Really? What's this? They got a media, they got a media, um, we wanted to uh, welcome everyone, all of the local officials, um, all of our our executives um, within our company. They did all this for 5K? Okay. Come through, Legs. Company to our first grand opening day. Oh. We are really grateful for this opportunity that Burlington is giving us, but more importantly, we really hope it's the start of a partnership. She looks familiar. Who's this? Can y'all tell me who I'm looking at? I'm a, oop, the chat. What am I looking at? You guys know we're just around the corner and we really look to those community partners to help support our students and our teachers so that we can continue. Uh, okay, let me read it. As part of the celebration, Stono Park Elementary School receives a $5,000 donation from Burlington. But why, this all is for 5K? $5,000, I ain't trying to turn my nose up at it, but it's a lot of nonprofit nonsense going on. $5,000 donation from Burlington as a part to a partnership with the national nonprofit organization, adopt classroom.org. Y'all can put me on to that. I don't know what that is. Um, if that's good or bad, is it, I mean, it's a nonprofit. I don't know. Uh, which will go to schools, uh, schools, teachers for classroom supplies. Oof. All right. Evelyn, you wrote earlier, we had to watch the, you had to read the crucible crucible in school. I mean, and 1984, Brave New World, and Animal Farm, Fahrenheit 451 Surprise. Uh, they're not trying to ban them. They they will. Uh, we talked about that earlier, Fahrenheit 451. Yep. They're going to do an excellent job. We thank you so much. The teachers already have plans for how they will use it with the Adopt-A-Classroom. And trust us, it will go far, and you will see the benefit oh, with the well. students. So we appreciate you choosing oh, us. In the 
So it says Stoner Park's principal, Kimberly Richards, okay, staff from Charleston County School Districts, Board of Trustees, Reverend Eric, um, Dr. Eric Mack, uh, Constituent District 10, Constituent District 10, Board Chair Rodney Lewis, City of Charleston Mayor Tecklenburg, and Charleston City Councilman Ross Appel and CCSD representatives all participated in the ceremony. Community to be of support. Right now we, will, we are honored to present a check to Stoner Park Elementary for the amount of $5,000. Whatever. All right. So yeah, make sure y'all watch the the, the the school county. Excuse me, school district meeting today at four p.m. Um, might cover it. If anything eventful happens, maybe it'll be tomorrow's the focus of tomorrow's live stream. Um, yeah, I got to get more in the habit of following the county county council, and I have to get more uh, active in following CCSD, uh, especially if they live stream their meetings. Um, there's I got to really be a little bit more vigorous and, and figuring that out. But again, um, I want to I guess I want to end it there. Uh, hour and 42 minutes today. We wanted to lift up um, and make sure that people understand uh, that McMaster and others, the GOP now is is really moving full steam ahead. I love my face right here. Full steam ahead with, uh, you know, with Fahrenheit, Fahrenheit 451 ish like tactics, tactics, tactics. Um, and so we need to watch that. We need to watch that for sure. Um, we got to watch to see whether or not book banning, book, book burning rather becomes something that's, that's kind of talked about and lifted up. And, um, we, we don't need to fight. Look, we don't need to fight on their turf by their rules. I think if CRT has taught us anything, catching a ride, Mm -hmm. If CRT, if the whole CRT debacle distraction has taught us anything is don't engage them. Don't fight their fight. Don't fight on their turf. Change it. Rearrange it. Be subversive in how you move. And we need to start. I want to see members of the left. I want to see Demo Democrats. I wish we had Democratic leadership that wasn't just um, hell bent on just um, key appointments and oh look we've got all these black men now right and you gotta watch that too like all these black men are ascending to power within the within the charleston within the the, the state democratic party and no shade no shade at all to the black men but like i'm really kind of getting worried that this only black men and brown men Faden santana dixon um uh what's his name uh brandon like there's a lot of black men that have just been appointed and i think that that's deliberate I think that that's very deliberate. Um, don't like that. I need to see parity. And it's just really wild seeing um, our Democrat, our state's Democratic. And I don't know why I'm saying that when we got this right here. Hold up. I don't know why I said that. It's wild to me. Is it wild? Is it really? Is it really? Is it wild to see how the state Democratic Party... It's doing fuck shit. Is it really wild? So now, I have a number of friends, so-called friends, that have been in the, in the uh, Democratic Party a long time. We are very good friends, and yet I don't vote for them because they're in the Democratic Party, and many of them I don't vote for, and they know it. So therefore, I'm independent uh, so far as party labels are concerned. And I don't consider myself, as I said in the beginning, a South Carolina Democrat, because the South Carolina Democrat has never done anything for black people, except what they forced them to do through the federal courts. But I am a national Democrat. Okay. I don't know why I'm surprised that local, local or state-level Democratic leadership 
is now like, have y'all seen that though? Have y'all peeped? Have y'all peeped like all the appointments of the men in the party? And again, no shade to them personally. If y'all take offense to it, go ahead and, and work that out with your therapist. But like, it's kind of like, so, so like some of them I get, I get Brandon. I, Cause Brandon going to Brandon, Brandon going to find a, find a way to get in there and, and remain politically relevant. But like this investment in like the Antoine C rights, the uh, Faden Santana too. I, I think that that was a really interesting appointment. Um, Cause I'm watching how they're going to use Faden. They already started to, um, to kind of, and, and there, there are some people around Faden that I think will help, help them navigate the political landscape, but I'm not really, I'm not really confident that the forces that are the democratic party won't, uh, won't like hijack that. Um, but looking at Faye and Santana, looking at that appointment, looking at Brandon, looking at pastor Dixon, looking at some other male leadership with Why are you bring that up when we're talking about banning books? Because I really want to see the party actually like, uh, value black women and black women tend to be, there tend to be a lot of black women educators in the school system. Um, they tend like, I don't see that sub, I don't see that messaging from democratically. I see a lot of, Hey, we've got all these black appointments that you need to take heed to, you need to look at. Um, but I'm not seeing any type of messaging when it comes to education. I'm not seeing Colleen Condon. I'm not seeing Trav. I'm not seeing any of the real, you know, power brokers behind the scene really, really, really articulate a, uh, like articulate a strategy. It's all about like these strategic wins and not necessarily about actually gaining political power. Um, so it's really interesting. And I'm going to watch and see if the, if the dudes, if the dudes show improved, if the male, male leadership comes correct, then I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna say shit, but <laughs> I know D Bartle, I'm a mess. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just looking at it. Michelle brand. That's why I got you. I got you, Michelle. I got you. That's why we're going to, we're going to work. We're going to work together. At least get you to some people that I think will help, um, you navigate the party, but they love men. They love men y'all. So on that note, I'm going to suggest this book since we talk about book banning and what we're not going to ban. Um, we're going to suggest, let me see. Mm, suggest this book. Yes. Get into it. Get into it. All the women are white. All the blacks are men, but some of us are brave. So that's that's dedicated to the, the to the to South Carolina Democratic Party leadership. Right? We peep you. We peep you. We peep you. Keep keep that keep deprioritizing black women's leadership, even though black women are gonna be like the force that actually gets you any, any of your political wins are going to be spearheaded by black women. Um, but keep, keep doing, keep, keep like how my mama used to say, you know, keep, keep fooling around like you do. Oh God. I'm trying to get a, a bigger version of this book. Keep, keep fooling around. Um, y'all read this anthology images. Let me try to get a bigger picture. Go ahead and, and, um, Cop this, uh, cop this anthology right here. Cop this right here. All the women were white, are white. All the blacks are men, but some of us are brave. Black women studies. All right. Um, yeah. Combahee River Collective, y'all. All up and through there. 
Okay. Cop that, read that. Yeah, have fun. I'll see y'all tomorrow at 8 a.m. I appreciate y'all for hanging out with me. Thank you for staying with me in the beginning where I kind of just kind of eased into coming back. I appreciate y'all. I appreciate all the birthday love. Um, it, it made my heart sing. Tomorrow we'll talk about Nicole's uh, Little Mama's exhibition uh, a little bit more. I plan on talking about today, but I forgot. <laughs> not because it's not important, because I just got caught up. But thank you so much for rocking with me. Thank you for being patient. No podcast went up this week because I got to figure something out. Nobody's listening to it, so I got to figure it out. I ain't got some other announcements tomorrow, too. Okay? But, um, yeah. Edweek.org, Pen America, uh, Educational Gag Orders. Watch your South Carolina legislators. Watch your South Carolina legislators, all right? Thank you for the support, the subscriptions, and the bits today. All right? Talk to you tomorrow, 8 a.m. Bye.